Blog Talk Radio. night in Georgia. Uh, this is Marty Oakley. This is the TS Radio Network, and our show tonight is Whistleblowers. Marcel Reed will be joining us about quarter after she was engaged in another discussion and is just getting out of that. So in the interim, we've got Lisa Belanger with us and Christine Morrison, and Kazi is on here with me. I didn't know she was going to make it either. She's so worried about her cakes. Oh, make your announcement make your announcement about the award you won oh oh my gosh this was so awesome so on july 13th was would have been my mom's 90th birthday and i named rosie's after my mom rose and i got an email from the capital times that we won best coffee shop in madison it was the people's choice award and i think he said it was like over a hundred and seven thousand people voted and we won got number one for best coffee shop in madison wisconsin and i thought that that was so awesome it just made my day yeah there you go i know those cinnamon rolls you so show pictures of oh my goodness Mm -hmm. just a lot of that stuff you show pictures of you oh thank you yeah a lot of Thank you. We're shipping cinnamon rolls in Wisconsin, and then we're getting ready to get the cookies up. With that, we'll ship national and cakes that will hopefully start shipping national. The cinnamon rolls a little harder to ship national, but uh, yes. UPS has partnered with us, and so I'm really excited. I have my own UPS business consultant, and so hopefully we'll oh. be shipping more fun, exciting things at a national level. So thank you and for everyone's can support. Expect, yeah, everyone can expect to gain a tremendous amount of weight have you seen this stuff <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway it is uh oof. I'm, I'm i'm proud of you and glad for you because you work thank hard thank you thank yeah. you we've had so, listeners uh, stop by at the at the um the bakery i've had listeners stop by at the oh, bakery wow. and that's really cool yeah that's happened yeah. to you this summer mm-hmm. good good we are growing i must say that yeah um Oh, I tell you, there is so much going on. Uh, when Marcel gets on, we're going to be talking about the summit. We're also going to be discussing in the next 90 minutes legal abuse syndrome. And we have Lisa on with us, Lisa Blanger. Everybody knows who she is. And Christine Morrison, who wrote Judicial Criminals, been through the hell and back herself of what this does to you. Um, it's just absolutely, absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, and I want to let everybody know we are in negotiations to do a documentary. We'll have to see how that pans out and what comes up. Um, it's just one of those things. I'll tell you, you don't want to put too much into it because you just don't know. And um, uh, I just got a message here from Chris in Australia. She's going to call in too. 
So we should have a good crowd on here this evening. Yeah. Now, for everybody who doesn't, yeah, this is going to be a good show and a lot of input. Mm -hmm. And um, we are going to be setting up what's called the core group. Lisa can talk about that a little bit. And, um, but it's, it's, it's going to be global. It's not going to be just here in the States because what is happening is happening globally. This purging of the elderly, the theft of the estates, uh, the government turning a blind eye. I got so riled up um, when it came out after Britney Spears, you know, said her piece. And then I saw this headline that Democrats and Republicans both think conservatorship is toxic. Do you think? Um, I just, it, you know, it had to wait till it exploded before they'll do anything. And how many of them have we gone to, spoken with, you know, corresponded with, met with? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're going to do something, and you, you get nothing, you get nothing. And um, but now all of a sudden they're they're concerned. That's real big of you. Um, I'm I'm not at all enthralled with the political class. As I've always maintained, if there's mouth, their mouth is open and sounds coming out, they're lying. And that's just where I stand on it. And the idea is, and like I say, in the second half of the show here, we're going to be talking a lot with Christine and Lisa about this um, legal abuse syndrome. And the, the people are actually traumatized by what goes on when they get into court and they think they know what the law is and they think they know what their rights are and what their protections should be. And... They think they have paid some attorney to represent them, and they get in there and find out everybody's working against them, and they're all working together against you. And the corruption that is so obvious and blatant, and people do come away from this absolutely traumatized. Uh, just This is more than their psyche can handle. This one place that's supposed to be the bastion of truth and justice turns out to be anything but and uh, so we'll be talking a lot about that. Now, the panel this year will be on the 29th, and it'll be at noon, which is prime time for our panel. And um, But we'll be on there. We're going to be on Zoom. And everybody that wants an invitation to that Zoom, because it will be live, um, you need to get a hold of me or cause so that when we get registered and ready and set up and ready to go, we can send you an invitation with the access numbers on it, and um, but and everybody is welcome to listen in, join in, do whatever you'd like to do. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it's like everything is blowing up, everything is exploding uh, everywhere you look. Uh, one of the things in the news now that's really concerning me is that Biden is talking about sending. Uh, stormtroopers, basically, to people's doors to vaccinate them. Uh, you don't want to come here. Uh, you have a right not to answer the door. You are not required to answer the door. And I wouldn't if I was you. Uh, we've got over 10,000 dead now from these shots, close to a quarter of a million permanently injured. Please don't do this. I'm asking you to please don't do this. People are being diagnosed as having died of COVID or with COVID complications, but they won't allow any autopsies. So you don't know what they died of. And the few people that have been autopsied where the family has just blown by all of this and had it done anyway, um, it's damage from the vaccine. And many people who were diagnosed as dying of COVID 
actually died of underlying causes. We have counties in California, Texas, and Florida who are reexamining death records from this time and finding that 20 to 30 percent of the people who were diagnosed as having died of COVID actually died from something else. And um, so they're adjusting their figures. The whole point is we've been buffooned all along. We have been, this has been a planned event. And uh, and I I have to laugh, honestly, and I know it's kind of black humor, but where they keep saying, you know, because they couldn't, they've not been able to identify the actual virus. They haven't isolated it yet because there ain't no virus there. But somehow they they can identify all these mutant strains of a virus they couldn't identify to begin. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you even say that with a straight face? But see, it's to ramp up and it's to scare you because you're not scared enough. You're not scared like you were a year ago. And mm-hmm. so we'll throw this in there, you know, There's and make it how it gets Marty. worse. Yes. There's a new variant. The, yes. What is it called? The Delta variant? Yes. More yes. deadly. It's more deadly. Yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, that is just, I don't know how as a country we're going to end up behind this, but when I look at everything else, um, I personally do not think whatever is left of our Constitution, and it is in tatters. I don't think, I think sometime in the next year, maybe two, they're going to come out and just say that they have done away with it and it's no longer relevant and blah, blah, blah. I truly think that. Um, they're tired of dealing with this document and having it thrown up as an obstacle to things they want to do. And you don't always win, but they don't like to fight. They want it to be easy, and I truly think that's going to happen. And, um, and you know, what really gets me is you see people over in Europe, France, Germany, Belgium, all over the place, storming the streets, I mean, by the tens of thousands, protesting all this stuff. France, because they were talking about doing another lockdown, and the people took the streets. I mean, they're on fire. And here, <laughs> nothing, nothing. And, um, and by the way, on my Facebook page, if you send me a friend request and it says on your your photo ID on there, I got my, the vaccine, no, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you, no, and you've already demonstrated you're at a disadvantage, and uh, so it's just, uh, uh, and then Chris is just saying here from Australia, they're in lockdown again. I, I'm telling you, they're trying to ruin all of us. They truly are. Cool. But, I sent Chris yeah. an article. She's, I think it said that she's going to be in lockdown until like December 2022. I read this article and I yeah. sent it to her. I'm like, is this some fake news that we're getting over here in the U.S.? And she said, nope. 2022, they're saying that they're going to be locked down through December 2022. Yeah, that's it's, like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's going to take all that time to, yeah, to, to destroy what's left of small family-owned businesses and independent dealers and agricultural producers, they, they, they're, what they're calculating is how much time it is to actually collapse all of this, and then it'll all be corporations, these large corporations like Monsanto, which is now Bayer. And um, it just, uh, I, I'm telling you, it's absolutely disgusting. We are being taken apart. But this has been a long progression. This is like the end play of of other things that they've been doing to try and mess things up and um 
part of it is this judicial corruption. I mean, what what government sits by and watches the judiciary turn into the biggest criminals in the country? I want to know. And they never say a word when when the judiciary voted themselves immunity. Not a law, not a they voted themselves immunity. And you could have heard crickets jumping in D.C. Nobody has said a word about this. I want to know <laughs> how you get to do that. You're not a lawmaking body. You're supposed to interpret the law, but you don't have any right to make law. And you essentially passed a self-protecting law for yourselves. Um, you read the I, Constitution. I got it. it says, Go ahead. We're gonna vote. We're gonna vote ourselves. All of us tonight. We're gonna vote ourselves immunity from paying taxes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I voted it. All right. It's done. Okay. Yeah. I, I vote. That's I how it works. It. I second. <laughs> Christine, Lisa. <laughs> we are immune from taxes. Yes. Yes. That's basically what it's they did. Just, Yes, exactly. I want to know why the government has not clamped down on the Bar Association, charging them with monopoly because they've overtaken our judicial system and all the courts. Why haven't they charged them with, you know, forming a monopoly? They took apart AT&T. I want to know. Because AT&T didn't give enough campaign contributions, and the Bar Association has given all these campaign contributions. True enough. True enough. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Lisa, you want to chime in on this? Yep, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Are you talking about bar association? To... <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I'm so used to over talking. <laughs> I put myself on yes. mute. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so... okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, Let's let's talk about those bar associations, right? Yes. Because I, I mean, really, they're, they're the ones who are at the heart and soul of uh, actually this uh, debacle of guardianship. Yes. This is, I mean, yes. this is how they make their bread and butter, right? Yes, I, I read to it where and they got over and. Uh, 60% of the law firms in this country make their actually keep their offices running off of guardianship conservatorship cases. And the rest of it is, you know, whatever. But it, it, 60% of them rely on guardianship conservator cases to keep their law firm or whatever going, keep it afloat. Yes, yeah. buying and selling people and stealing well, them line. Well, here, here's the problem. A lot of it, and, you know, intermeshed with the legislature, okay? There's the very problem of having lawyers be able to uh, hold elected officials as, uh, you know, Senate and representatives. Uh, right. In Massachusetts, the, uh, there have been a lot of laws uh, passed through what's called the... Um, Uniform probate code. Yeah. Right. And it's been spearheaded by Senator Cynthia Cream, 
for, well, a very long time now, uh, dating back to 2000. And she just, she is the one who was spearheading the uh, actual legislative bills. And it just so happens that, what do you think her law firm, uh, her mainstay for that firm is, right? Yeah. Wow. guardianship in the state. Now, how is yep. it that no one understands that this is called a conflict of interest? Yeah. How does a senator get to be able to launch legislative bills that directly allows her to profit from it? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christine, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I agree with what she's saying. I think also we need a new constitution where the First Amendment has to be no immunity for anybody globally. And there needs to be term limits, age restrictions on all these politicians. And they need to be yes. held accountable for allowing the defrauding of America's society with the guardianship fraud and all the other state and federal court fraud. They need to be yes. held accountable for these financial crimes and domestic terrorism that they've inflicted upon their citizens. And the government well, is and supposed I, to protect us. Go on. Well, you're absolutely right. This is, they scream these words all the time. Homeland Security now has a, a 3 million people on a possible domestic terrorist list. Shut up. You know, and the terrorists are sitting in D.C. The terror, they're, you're they're absolutely sitting. right. There are politicians and the legal system. They're all attorneys. Yes. They make the laws, write the laws to protect themselves. But interestingly, yes. Biden says he's prioritizing an anti-corruption efforts in the national security policy. And he writes, fighting corruption is not just good governance. It is self-defense. You bet it is when you have to self-defend yeah. yourself against crimes being committed against you in these equity courts of fraud. It's yes. just by unbelievable. The government. By the, the government. The government. Exactly. They're the ones Champagne, the one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> Say that's why I put myself on you. <laughs> yeah, one at a time, I'm telling you. Um, girls, uh the star of the show has joined us, Marcel Reed. Oh, <laughs> Marcel, <laughs> you stepped into a hornet's nest. <laughs> How are you doing? Hello. She's not talking. Hello, guys. I've been listening oh. for just about 30 seconds. So I'm sorry, uh-huh. to, I'm sorry yeah. to come on late. That's all right. We'll we'll make excuses for you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about it. We still love We you. took a vote. Yeah, we took a vote, and it's okay. <laughs> and we're immune from taxes. Yes, yes. we're immune from taxes. We voted on that too. <laughs> we voted. And, we voted ourselves that. No yeah, the judiciary can do it. We can do it. You know. Uh, that's yeah, just the way that is. A self-made yeah. doctrine that they've created to protect themselves yes. from committing crimes against the public. It's just, yes. there's no words for it. Financial crimes okay. against the public. 
Yeah. Absolutely. On with us, yeah. Marcel, it is, is Cause, Lisa Belanger, and Christine Morrison. And you're familiar oh, yeah. with all them, mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. And so we were all talking to But I know you wanted to talk about the summit this year. So what do you want to tell us? Oh, well, sure. But, I mean, I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit more than just about the summit. So, okay. This, I know. This, the, name of, <laughs> the name of this year's summit is um, 50, Saluting 50 Years of the Pentagon Papers and Investigative Journalism. And I think it is a good topic because modern whistleblowing did not really start until the Pentagon Papers. Um, there had been whistleblowing, but it had never been organized. Um, there were not specific laws written to, re- to protect whistleblowers. And honestly, um, until Ralph Mader, there was no name called whistleblowers. That was the name mm-hmm. that Ralph Mayer made when he was going after the Ford Corporation, uh, I think mm-hmm. 50 years ago, for a car yes. that they had made that was deficient. So people think the whistleblowers, yeah, people yeah. think that the car, you know, this term has been around forever. It really hasn't. And the man that coined the term is still alive. Wow. wow. Yeah, and he runs an organization in D.C. called Public Citizen. Oh, okay. So when you hear Public Citizen, that was founded by Ralph Mader, and it was the first um, organization of its type that really rode herd on big corporations and started to talk about when they were um, violating the laws that pertain to consumers. Because consumers didn't really speak up back then. They were just, you know, whatever happened, happened, and they chalked everything up to um, it was the Lord's will. But that isn't how it works, no. (laughs) So I think that that's good. I think people should know the history of whistleblowing, why people are whistleblowers, and and this is a good opportunity to do that. And the person that... Really brought it forward was this guy named Daniel Ellsberg, and he released all of these papers. And um, these papers, he actually worked for the Pentagon, and he released these papers. And these papers told about how they knew that the war in Vietnam could not be won, and yet they continued to send men there to die and to kill other people. And he received tremendous blowback from that. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And and we lost we lost mm-hmm. fifty eight thousand last I yeah. knew from Vietnam. Yeah. Um yeah. everybody out of the sixties and seventies, uh everybody is very familiar with the Vietnam War. It was being fought on school campuses, college campuses. You had the draft, um People were running to Canada. I do not blame them for that a bit. Uh, What we did to our own soldiers in Vietnam was unspeakable, Mm -hmm. much less what we did Mm -hmm. to the Vietnamese people. Um, No, anybody associated with that. Say what? I'm sorry. I just Mm -hmm. want to say crimes against humanity, if you think about it. When I went to nursing school, I lived with a writer 
and he wrote the book Rumor of War. He was in the Vietnam uh, War. His book became a movie. So it's not surprising that they tried to quiet Daniel because today, if you try to speak up, we're censored or they make you a political prisoner today. Government. Yes. Yes. Very true. Well, there was a, Very true. There was a, there was a senator. He was an Alaskan senator. His name was Mike Ravel. Um, he died yes. within, uh, last month. Mike Gravel was someone that we were going to have come um, because he had read the Pentagon Papers, started to read them into the congressional record, and that is how oh, wow. they entered the congressional record. There had been three people who were supposed to read those uh, records in, but every one of them bailed. One of them was Eagleton, uh, a senator named Eagleton, um, that later ran for vice president, and then they found out he had psychiatric problems and he hadn't reported it and he had to drop out of the race. It's a lot of text. Oh, wow. I'm just trying to talk about um, how pleased we are that, that this will be the subject this year because it gives us an opportunity to actually um, dissect what whistleblowing is intended to do what whistleblowing actually accomplishes, and how we can move beyond whistleblowing to activism. Because telling the truth is great. But we all know, we're all whistleblowers, we all know at this point that telling the truth once is not sufficient. You have to be able to tell the truth and repeat that truth year in and year out for a very protracted campaign, and I think a lot of whistleblowers, let's talk about me, foolishly just thought I could tell the truth. I'll tell the truth. Everybody will hear it. I can prove what I'm saying is true, and the story is over. It didn't work out for mm-hmm. me like that. I don't think it works well, out for most whistleblowers like that. That's so true. So, right. You know, it just doesn't. I wish it that's worked. The, that's the exact problem especially when you go into the court system, especially yeah, on yeah, journey. One of the things I found out just recently was after I saw a headline out of Maryland that they had passed a law taxing whistleblowers. Oh, and, I, you know, knowing how this system works, um, mm-hmm. the person who committed whatever the transgression was, it basically mm-hmm. walks away scot-free. But Absolutely. the whole machinery of government in that agency and from elsewhere comes in behind that mm-hmm. whistleblower and destroys mm-hmm. their reputation or tries to terrorize mm-hmm. them where they live. They prevent mm-hmm. them from getting other employment. They plant false stories about them. They, you know, gaslight them in their own communities. They've destroyed marriages and everything else. And now, and what I want you all to understand is the cost of all of this, because this isn't done for free, is paid by taxpayers. You pay for every bit of this retaliation. And the person who blew the whistle ends up losing basically everything they had for telling the truth. See, this is yeah. how much we appreciate the truth in this country. They, they, they get penalized. And... To come around and get the final, what I call a bitch slap, 
to tax them almost to death. Um, some of these whistleblowers, and I even found out that two whistleblowers, and I need to run it down, but one in particular was supposed to have gotten a $1.4 million award because it was a percentage of how much the federal government recovered because of their whistleblowing, has never received a dime and has been handed a massive tax bill on that money, has never seen a dime of it. Uh, I want to run that to ground. But it's just like um, I always want to bring up that uh, guy, Tony Took, that ran the Forestry Service. Numerous, numerous allegations of sexual misconduct. They had him nailed to the wall, and instead of firing him, they let him resign. This allowed him to keep all his federal benefits and a partial pay and this and that and something else. We pay for all of that, too. That needs and to so stop the, all of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we pay for Let's every bit of judges, all you know. of them. They you should know, not get life benefits. Nobody. No. Yes, well, they do. Uh, I know they do at our expense. I know. Yep. Okay, Marcel, with with Daniel Ellsberg, with Daniel Ellsberg, did he did he reap anything from this? And I don't mean that like you know, did he make out like a bandit? But he did he get anything out of exposing this? No, and I'm I'm one of those people that um, I know about Ketam. Um, and Lisa, you're an attorney and, and a brilliant attorney. You know much more about this than I do. Well, it's just true. Um, but I've always had a problem, not with the principle of Ketam. I understand it comes from Lincoln, and I, 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 I get the history of it. But what I do have a struggle with is that there was a program on TV called The Whistleblowers. You remember it. All of you guys remember, don't you? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I got in a terrible back and forth with that judge's producers one time because the program (laughs) was always involved with how much money the whistleblower got for blowing the whistle. Yes. And I believe me, I'm, I'm not opposed to people being paid. But the purpose of blowing the whistle is not to receive a paycheck. So what happens in our community is that the people who receive a paycheck are at one place, and the people who are not compensated for blowing the whistle are somewhere else. And there is this constant tension in our community, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, between those who did well, you know, uh, collected uh-huh. multi-millions of dollars, and then the people who collected very little or nothing. Mm-hmm. And they have people speak <coughs> per their uh, collected amount. So they will laud uh, Bradley Birkenfeld, but they won't even mention another whistleblower who told the truth, changed the lives of thousands of people, and did and 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 wasn't compensated for. Wow, wow, yeah, well, and, and that was the thing too. So that, I, I that 
that show you're talking about, I got into it with those producers too. That this was on CBS, and um, mm-hmm. they uh, yeah. they mm-hmm. had a gentleman on there from Alabama named uh, Barry Taub, and he was mm-hmm. a mortuary mortician, and he mm-hmm. realized. In fact, uh, just a little heads up, Marsha Davidson and I are going to be starting some shows uh, cause make time. Uh, talking about the body sellers, it started out them just taking a bone or the eyes or something here or there, but now it's whole body parts, interiors, organs, everything. They are selling out of these cadavers. Barry came across this story, uh, came across this, as I say, he was a mortician, and he started noting that people that came in that he was supposed to prepare for funeral the bones were gone, tendons were gone, this was gone, that was gone. And he realized that the people he was working for were stripping these bodies down, like in a used car lot, and selling mm-hmm. the parts. He told a friend of his, because this just tore him up, that this was happening. The friend said, you need to go to this, the FBI. And he said, they're not going to listen to me. And his friend said, I know someone there, they'll listen to you. So he went in and told the guy they investigated, and sure enough, he was right. Um they, the federal government re- recovered several millions of dollars. He was supposed to have gotten 1.4. Never has seen a penny. Never. And mm-hmm. this is all they harped on on that CBS show was how, well, you got this award, didn't you? Is that why you told? It was such a setup. And, yep. the, and the show was done, I believe. And Marcel, if you think I'm wrong, say so. I know most of the time you think I'm right, but occasionally, no. <laughs> but I think I think these things are arranged, you know, to 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 malign these people, to put them in a bad light, because this is all. And I think it was that Peter Van Sant. It's all he kept harping on was how much money he got, how much money. Well, you got this money come. He said, I've never seen a dime of it. The last I spoke with him, here this man who had had a 30-year career had an exemplary name and everything, was cleaning gutters and mowing lawns to keep his family going. Couldn't get a job anywhere because of what had happened there. Every time he applied for a job, uh, all these bad reports came in about him. And um, he he said, I was just absolutely crushed. A lot of this, he said, never had to happen. But we are going to be doing shows. This has become big business. Uh, stripping down bodies, organs, bones, tendons, veins, brains, whatever, and selling them. And uh, it has become a very widespread and lucrative business. And uh, I, oh God, this just gives me creeps to even talk about it. But this is what happens to these people who blow the whistle, or it's a protracted, protracted, um, series of events that it is like there's no end in sight um they openly the va particularly notorious for this openly break the law violate regulations do whatever they want to do and it's like well so what so what and now you're going to tax them even on money they never received what um, what's I, wrong I, with yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any idea. But we had a, a, a whistleblower. I think Lisa. I, I, I know for sure. I'm not sure if you met them, cause. But I remember. 
Um, there is a whistleblower. His name is Matthew Falk. He was a U.S. Deputy Marshal. And he, yes. uh, after 32 years, finally collected uh, on a case. It was $4.1 million. And they taxed him on it. This was unheard of. They taxed him on it and made his life unlivable. I never know whether or not he recovered or won the case or, or whatever. Yeah. But they, they taxed him. And, I mean, they made his life unlivable. Wow. And Lane saying think of all the money it costs him to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Say, I think Australia has joined us. Chris? Hi, Marty. How are you? How are you guys? (laughs) 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 This is Chris from Australia. She runs Australian. uh, I can't even talk tonight. I'm sorry. Association. Association. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so we work a lot with him over there and uh, rely on them for a lot, and they come to us when they need help. But it's just, and and on with us is um, Kaz, who co-hosts with me on Fridays, and Christine Morrison, who wrote the book Judicial Criminals, Lisa Belanger, Mm -hmm. who is fighting Goliath in uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and of course Marcel yeah. Reed. <laughs> so uh-huh. it is. Oh, yeah. uh, nice to meet and, you. Yeah. It's so, lovely, Chris, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your help, guys. Um, we just um, here in Australia. I'm just listening thousands of kilometres away and nodding my head. Uh, judicial criminals. I think. That's just such an appropriate phrase and a correct phrase of words. I think we have a problem here in Australia. I've been fighting the Legal Services Board personally for three years, having witnessed lawyers, um, look, look, in my opinion, broke the law. Um, trying to get them investigated has been a three-year process. I think the same process is happening, obviously, in America Um it's lawlessness. Um, we're seeing it here all the time. Lawyers, uh, tribunal members, people with... You know, I'm, I'm an accountant. If I did what these lawyers did, I would lose my licence to practice. I would probably be in jail. Yeah. Yep. These yeah. guys seem to have... I don't know how they do... I don't know... Look, it just reminds me... I was reading... I was watching a documentary the other day on Hitler's courts. I hate raising Hitler's courts, but... Yes. And, you know, to raise it. But it's just so similar when, you know, you're watching a documentary and the Special People's Court of Nazi Germany uh, have the legal team swear allegiance to Hitler and um, you had a system where um, you were guilty and you had to prove your innocence in a trial and it was a show trial and there were no reasons for decisions. And uh, the tribunal members had excessive powers and everyone was silenced and they could act as they pleased. And, you, your, you know, your access to appealing these decisions were limited. And you look at the tribunals today and probate courts in America and so on, and it's the same model. It's the wow. same model, the same yeah. business. Chris, and I just want to say, 
I just want to say to you, you're absolutely right. It's the entire global legal system that I believe is a fraud, and they're committing crimes against humanity, and there's no one to stop them. And it doesn't matter what the law says because we're subjected to fake law. They follow no rule of law. That's what this Mm -hmm. is about. They follow the law. They give themselves impunity to defraud, extort from the public. And they've created um, this legal system abuse, they want to call it, but it's fraud. Yes. It's fraud, yes. period. It's not a, And there's it's no not, remedy. It is, it's, yes. And, yes. and see, at least your country can take a complaint to the International Criminal Court, and that's what you need to do on behalf of the globe. This isn't just limited to one country. I believe it's all countries. And my story yes. takes place in family law. So, therefore, it needs to be brought to the International Criminal Court and to the tribunal, like when you're talking about, you know, Nazi Germany that they brought up, you know, they were charged with crimes against humanity and they brought up, well, we were just obeying the law. We were just following orders. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what the legal yeah. industry wants to say here. But the problem is, they follow no rule of law, none. Right. They exactly. violate the statute, well, see, the Constitution we, we, against we, you. We were, by Bush Jr., Bush Doofus, I call him, um, signed us off at the International <laughs> Court. Uh, Clinton signed us back on to it. Obama took us back off of it again. And... The reason they don't want the International Criminal Court in here is because if you are part of that, wherever they drop their feet, they are the law. They are above. They have more authority than everything. And it was the American judicial system who stood up and said, oh, you can't do that. We can't have somebody coming in here. In other words, you can't bring somebody in here that can overstep us, overpower us, and knock us down. So we've never been put back on it. And they never will let them in there, the International Criminal no. Court. My God, if they didn't, no. they landed here, half of D.C. would be gone. But it's but just, yeah, I'm sorry. And, and oh. war crimes would be uh, prosecuted, you know, like yes. no weapons of mass destruction. That's what they're afraid of. They do not want yes. to be prosecuted for their crimes against humanity, period. Exactly. We're up against Fake news, fake law, crimes against humanity, war crimes, genocide, and the big word is impunity to do all this against citizens. Impunity. We have impunity to defraud you, which is absurd. It has to be taken away. The United States Congress has to do something, and hopefully with the Britney Spears case on the guardianship fraud, They're going to do something because it's just too well known now, and they can't just let it go. And Congressman Gates, you know, wrote a letter to Spears asking her to come and tell her story. And he says, we can see the obvious financial, emotional, and psychological abuse. That's in all courts against all people that have been defrauded, whether it's state or federal and globally. That's what they're doing. Okay, here's the problem. Congress has known about this and has had hearings up the wazoo since the 1980s. Yeah. Yep. Okay? Yeah. So, yep. 
the fact that he was, you know, I listen, I very much appreciate the fact about the Free Britney movement. I think it, it is, I'm so grateful because it's bringing light to this situation. Yeah. And, and it is so needed. But uh, regarding Representative Matt Gates, you see, he is taking this as a opportunity of course. for his political, you yes. know, gain. Right. Okay. They all so, are. And he was, you know, I, I, I'm a lot on Twitter. And, uh, I, you know, I, I can't help but see all his wonderful tweets. See, here's the thing. <laughs> the free Britney movement was was good, had great momentum before he even showed his head, okay? Yeah. So yes. mm-hmm. what he did is he saw what was going on, and he inserted himself into, into it, the political core that he is, okay? Yeah. So here's, but here's the problem. So Congress, and he wants to, he wants to act like, oh, Congress is going to come in and save the day. And... That's, it's really repugnant given the GAO testimony and hearings that have taken place because how is it for 30 years they still don't have sufficient data? Congress does not years. want to fix this. 250 years. It's been and hidden. Here's the thing. This perverse stuff has been hidden. The answer, so he wants to, basically, guardianship is state-driven. It's yeah. it a uniform yeah. playbook, yeah. okay? So yeah. we already deal with enough of the government in that fashion. Now he wants to bring on and, and put more government through the federal. Uh, that's just putting more, you know, fingers in the pie. That that's so. From my perspective, you know, it all looks all nice and shiny with what he, you know, with what he's saying, but in essence. What he's doing is creating a, a, a system that's going to even, you know, double what's already happening here. So well, more government well, is not it. the answer. Whenever they get involved in it, they're going to fix it. They're going to fix anything. What you oh, end yeah, up with it all right. yeah. is 10 times worse than what you started with. Yeah, and uh, that's the... It just needs to be done away with. Marcel, we've about yeah. talked your ear off about the courts and guardianship. Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, and I support this. I mean, I, have, I actively support this conversation. Um, Good. Because, I, I, no, I absolutely support this conversation. I, I've made every attempt for it to get out. I do have to agree uh, with Lisa, though. This is this, the the thing that's so shameful about all of these politicians is this political grandstanding that they do. This is simply grandstanding. Um, You know, I wish that this person could come and actually change things, um, Representative Gates, but all of this was just politically perfect timing for him. Um, and, you know, and he's not Spears speaking out the professional, is he? You know, Spears is it's, the... Yeah, I think it's... You know, I, I, she is the I number one... I think it's great one. for Britney. Yeah, it, yeah, it's great for... But, but 
But this is really a way to change the conversation about everything that's going on about him, what's swirling around him. You won't talk about that. You'll talk about him latching on to Britney Spears' pain. And it's so terrible because she's already been exploited. Now this is just this is just so terrible. I feel so bad this is, for her. This is typical it's, glory hog behavior. She well, yeah. just, I, feel, I feel terrible for her. And and, yeah. and and people become so desperate. They grasp on anything to believe in and they know this. They know this, and they use it all the time, and it's terrible to do people like this. Exactly. That's, that's exactly you just articulated it so beautifully, yes. myself, because that's no, exactly no. she is being exploited <laughs> again. Again. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And, and she'll be exploited, and people won't even, people won't even recognize that she's being exploited again. So your daddy comes in and he takes all your money. That's what she's alleging. And then a politician rides your pain to divert people from what they're talking about with him. It's shameful to do it like this. And, and this is even more so, systemically, it's what the real focus should be on is actually the systemic corruption because the reason why the whole situation uh, came about is because of the judicial lawlessness that is going on. Yes. And so, so for me, and court the official. family aspect yeah. is, is a collateral issue. And yeah. people seem to be focusing on the, on the father. And for me, you know, oh. I'm swimming from the rooftops. The problem is the courts. <laughs> The judge, yes, the yeah. attorney. It's, yes. it's a global right. constitutional right. and human yes. rights crisis. It's a, it's been for decades a constitutional yes. and human rights crisis that they have covered by nobody's going to read behind the walls in these uh, equity courts, but it's been there. It's just really coming to light because of social media. Talk about yeah. euphemism. Yeah. Equity court. Guess what? You know what yeah. that? The probate courts are unconstitutional. That's it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they want to yeah. they want to make it all same so nice. Yeah. And they're yeah. making they're getting federal incentive payments from the government, the taxpayers, yes. right? For family law yes. courts, they get between one to ten dollars for every dollar they collect in these. Uh, fraudulent courts by making one parent a non-custodial parent, right? Mm-hmm. So they've collected right. like $616 billion in 40 years from the government site from 1978 through 2016. Then they turn around and they've collected uh, between $1 to $11 in federal incentive payments. So they use a non-custodial parent for their collection schemes and the states turn around and use that money for their social entitlement programs that they don't tell you about. They don't tell you why we're making you a uh, 
a, a no parent. That's why we have a fatherless and motherless society because we need to use you and put hidden shackles on you to pay the bills for the state's bills. They don't tell you that. They have to abolish globally all these family courts. It's a $50 billion industry Absolutely. in America alone. And then uh, the, the billions they collect in their incentive payments, it's shameful. And then the guardianship mirrors the family courts here, stealing yep. everything was, from the people. And they have no voice, no place well, you to know, go. The bread and butter is, okay, most people think that it's, all, it's about the rich people. They think so they you know, have a sort of a false sense of security thinking, well, I don't have much money, I'm safe. Guess what? No, the you're bread not. and butter of this system is no, Medicare no. and Medicaid fraud. That's yeah. where these and attorneys Medicare. are making their money. Yeah. And the and the yeah. Social Security admits mm. that Medicare uh, annually is built out of thirty to sixty billion dollars by the medical industry every year and they will go after a single claimant if you made five dollars more than what they thought you should have but they won't go after a big medical facility that built them out of tens of millions they won't do it okay um yep it would harm the economy Mm -hmm. it would harm people's trust in those facilities Mm -hmm. it's just disgusting unbelievable Uh, and you nailed it okay The target, not having money, sorry, not having money in Australia does not protect you from guardianship. We've got young no. kids worth a million dollars. A million dollars, there's a bounty on their head because of insurance. Right. We call it the National yep. Disability Scheme, insurance scheme. And they are yeah. capturing young, vulnerable people, yeah. locking them up in group homes. They're not even homes. They're yeah. warehouse, like Marty calls them, warehouses of death. They lock yeah. them up in facilities, and then they build the federal government. And this is run by our state guardians because in Australia, um, a vulnerable person becomes a, what they call it, a burden on the state. The state wants mm-hmm. to shift that cost to the federal government. So they grab these kids, they guardianise them, remove the parents, remove complete access, lock them up in a facility. We've got many cases. They lock them up in a facility and there's this, you know, agreement between the guardians and the and, and the um, facility owners that that person stays in there. And then they use the federal funding to keep them in there. And as we know, yep. these young lives could live 20, 30, 40 years but in a facility, they're lucky to, to live, what, four or five years. So you have this situation where they're culling people, okay? They're, 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 they're yeah. culling. So if people think not having money, I'm safe, no, you're actually no. In, a bigger, in a bigger risk because you are actually using hospital services, free accommodation. There's nothing free. They see you as a cost using that, and they want you off that. And guess what they're going to do? Well, they do the same thing in this country with foster care and adoption because the incentive payments are so huge. So the taxpayer, again, is footing the bill for all this fraud. And the only people, lawsuits that prevail or win in this country are from these litigators that know where and how to get the money from the federal government. 
charging, statutory violations, constitutional violations, the same thing the system is doing to ordinary citizens who have all their appeals and lawsuits dismissed and have everything illegally taken from them. So it's, it's similar in this country. Don't, don't think it isn't. It's big billion-dollar business. That's what I figured out early on, that this is global. This isn't just here. It's global. They are doing this in yes. every country for guardianship. Yes. That, uh, that corporation called I-Core, capital I-K-O-R, operates globally, and their byline is uh, to get a conservator or guardianship franchise. They'll sell you a franchise, uh-huh. fast, easy, consistent money. One of the other Uh things I discovered a few years ago was that 20 years ago, 65% of all the real wealth in this country, land, whatever, was owned by people over 65. Right. Yes. Today, 24% is owned by people over 65. The majority of it haven't been taken through these probate courts um, yes. they estimate five to ten billion a year in wealth is transferred by people that have been captured in this system their wealth is transferred yeah. to the attorneys and the guardians of course the judges hearing examiners ministerial clerks are all getting a cut of the estate it's two to three percent on the east coast as you move west it gets to be five to six percent every time a motion is brought into that tribunal that judge up there gets paid so it is just absolutely, um, <laughs> you know, unthinkable that this is going on. They are trafficking human beings. And yes, they talk they about are. trafficking of children, and they are talking about trafficking for sex, but they are trafficking the elderly and kids yes. for pure yes. profit. They are yes, buying, right. selling, trading them. As I keep telling people, we have become a commodity. When our yes, own government right. refers to us, as human capital, yeah, they are telling you directly that they are seeing you as a merchandisable unit that can be bought, sold, and traded, and they're doing a damn good job of it. Uh, this is just who I get angry talking about a this. Bounty, I really do. A bounty on every <laughs> yeah, head, a price yeah, tag on the taxpayer. Yeah, I just wanted well, it, to interject. So whistleblowers are supposed to report waste, fraud, and abuse. That is the the, uh, definition of a whistleblower. It doesn't happen in just America, as you were just saying. It happens all over the world. Yes. So this year, we are, uh, like the last few years, we've been bringing whistleblowers in from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. What happened? Next year, uh, Marty, part of your panel can be whistleblowers from all over the world so that the story does mm-hmm. not seem to be um, so localized. And we yeah. need to strengthen well, whistleblowers all over the world. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Australia, Greece, you know, four or five uh, countries. Yes. Well, I, I did the um, documentary, Guardian Inc., I can't tell yeah. you how many emails that I received, and I still do, um, from all over the world. More, I get yeah. more emails from people from other countries 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a New Zealand. I mean, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's a global, it is. Yeah, it's a global crisis. It's a global yes, constitutional and human right crisis. Period. Absolutely, you're absolutely Extortion, right. And that's how people. Yeah. Have you, well, you noticed the same patterns? There's no due process yes. of accord. There's no, no separation of powers. There's an, an illusion of that, but it's not real. That there's yes. excessive discretionary powers that these judges or tribunal members have, how they can ignore evidence, uh, they can they can accept untested allegations. I woke up angry this morning because we have a lady, an 87-year-old woman in South Australia, who went in for who went into hospital for a simple uh, UTI infection, was guardianised. They put a mm-hmm. wrist monitor on her wrist to keep a track of her uh, through some false allegations that her son, which, no, you know, just all you have to do is throw an allegation. They guardianised her quickly. And it's been since March, and they have no reasons for this decision. This woman has been forced into aged care. She wants to go home. No one is looking at facilitating her going home. She can't appeal. So they've given no reason for decision, no audio, no transcript. They've denied the the, the family the right to appeal this decision. The the journalists contacted the guardians and said, oh, you know, between you and I, you know, she was neglected. Well, if she's neglected, why don't you throw that in a courtroom? Why don't you provide reasons? But there's all these Chinese whispers all these little things that they do, but nothing gets tested. They review themselves, they investigate themselves, you can't appeal, they're immune from their own criminality, it would appear. And then when that person dies, that file is locked up and you can't revisit anything. And they tell you, oh, she's dead now, just move on with your life. Next, Uh please. It's a global crisis, global. And it's all about one thing, money. If, if there's no money, yes. they leave you alone. They are mm-hmm. bankrupting you know, well, everybody. Where they get the money from is, is from the benefits. Yes. The thing so is, if you're on Social Security... All the people out in San Francisco that they were talking about, they were going to conserve them and, you know, for their own well-being. And everybody's going, isn't that wonderful? They're going to take care of them. No, they're not. They're going (laughs) to make sure they're on Social Security. They're going to make themselves the assigned payee on their benefits. And they're going to leave those people in the streets. They're only required to give them $44 a month out of their own money. They're not doing right. anything for those people. They're making no. money. Yeah, that's all they're doing. Yes. And yes. if this was really about caring for others and humanity and all this stuff, all of these people that are homeless, they'd go after them and bring them in and you know try to take care of them. But you know they'll step over them to get to somebody. But even somebody that's worked all their life, just a regular job, collects social security, maybe a railroad retirement, or maybe a you know VA, and they can be worth in a community, in just in a local community, over a million dollars a year in nursing homes, doctors, psychologists, this one, that one, another one. Everybody's right. getting a piece of the pie. And yes. 
you running up in these through. Yes. You got that predator running up there in uh, Detroit, that Mary Rowan. 1,700 and counting wards. 1,700. Wow. Whose benefits wow. she is taking every month, and they keep giving her more. And uh, she couldn't identify one of her wards if they fell on top of her and introduced themselves. It just, you know, yeah, this is what I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then the, the, I couldn't figure out, you know, for years they came out and said, it's been 20 years ago anyway, that the state-level courts were just overwhelmed with these cases. No, they weren't. <laughs> and they had to do something. And so I was down at the Minnesota legislature at the time when they were discussing this, and so I put my two cents worth in. And that was one of those times that when I went to go in the room, everybody said, now, Marty, be nice, be nice, or they're going to get mad and retaliate. Be nice, Marty. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And um, so I got to the podium, and these people are sitting there. One guy looked like he was about to fall asleep. Another fellow was picking his nose, and seriously, I'm serious. And... I said, and then finally the guy leading the thing says, he says, well, uh, are you good? Do you have something to say? And I said, well, I'd like to have everybody's attention here. And so everybody hustled and rustled in their seat and glared at me. And I said, now, first off, as I understand it, if I didn't come in here crawling on my belly and begging you to do the job you were hired to do, you're going to get mad and retaliate against me. So I stepped out from behind the podium and I said, so here I am retaliate shoot your best shot and Good for they you. all just sat there and looked at me just looked at me like I was crazy afterwards I spoke about this and then later out in the hallway I was approached by a judge and he said see Marty you don't understand you don't understand we had to do this he said if we didn't we would have had to have hired more judges and 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 found more courtrooms and I said isn't that what you just did only you created a whole new system I said, mm. these are not, I knew then, I said, these are not constitutional courts. These are tribunals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he blew mad. I'm telling you, he blew mad. He goes, no, no, no. I said, you did just exactly what you said you were trying not to do. And I said, and probably most of those people bought that, but I knew what you were saying. And I said, this is a setup. And I said, you have some ulterior motive here. Now, the other thing is, just like when they take someone in on guardianship, they go into these tribunals and whatever that guardian says, we found them living in squalor, covered with feces and urine, malnourished, mm-hmm. they were being abused, and they have never even seen the individual they're targeting. Couldn't identify yep. them in a one-person lineup. But they said they do not produce any evidence. They are not asked for any evidence. Whatever they said, that's it. And... I found that rather odd that you could do that, but I find out that, see, that's the difference between a civil court. A civil court, there has to be, at least tell me if I'm wrong, but there has to be injury to a party or property or there has to be some transgression, and these people had not done anything. So they were basically being brought into these courts without any lawful basis, and somebody saying, we're going to take over your life. We're going to take your identity. We're going to take everything you own, and we're going to lock you up in this nursing home over there, and you might as well kiss your ass goodbye. And they had to get him out. Oh, People yeah. started suing, see, because you can't do this. There was, And they had to because they were in a civil court. They had to go by the rules of evidence. They had to go by the code of civil procedure. 
and in a tribunal, so you can avoid all that stuff. You don't have to do that. Nobody in these tribunals gets due process. Nobody. You have no right to no. a trial by jury. Um, it's In most states, it's in the statutes. You can't have a jury. And there is a difference between a jury trial and a trial by jury. A trial by jury is seated people making a decision. A jury trial means that judge sitting up there makes the decision, same as what they call a bench uh, ruling. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah. so, uh, but the only state I know of that did allow it was Kentucky, but they were trying to get rid of that uh, here a couple of years ago. Whether they were successful, I don't know. Ladies, hold on a second here. We've got a caller on here. Uh, you're lucky you got on area code 616. Did you have a question or comment? Yeah, um, this is Holly from Michigan. Holly Delph um, from Michigan with Mary oh, Rowan. Hi. Yeah. hi. Well, I asked a bunch of my co-advocates how we could bring her down. You know, they're bringing advocates down in Florida. They did in Nevada. How we can do it here? I honestly can't yeah. get them to do anything. Um, yeah, it's just like you know, the, all the all the Indian kids that they're finding, you know, dead. You know, everybody knew what was yeah. going on then. Everybody knows what's going on now. Um, yeah. But what do we do? I mean, my my only thing that I mean, it's, it's got to be a, bas- a baseball bat. That is the only thing that will work. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it, it will be the only thing that works because you're not going to stop. So my my question yeah. is, what are we what are we supposed to do? We have all this dirt on Mary Rowan. We have it. Yeah. Yep. You um, do know she's dropping people off at homeless shelters. We've had private yep. investigators chasing her tail. We know she's killing people. We know she's taking yep. the money. But we can't get anybody yep. in Michigan to do anything. Yeah. 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 She's got a, yeah. I mean, yeah, we know it's, I don't know happening. Well, is it because we're too old to do anything? Is that what it is? Or does our government just say, oh, mm-hmm. what the hell, we don't care, or what? I'm not yeah, sure that anymore. You that's just hit it. it right there. You know, for right. 10 People years. People need to flood the street. We, like, we've, like they we, outed Rebecca, we outed Rebecca Furley down there in Florida uh, 10 years ago. And in 2007, she had been bankrupt, which should have precluded her from ever being a guardian And by Florida law. 2010, she's a guardian and a multimillionaire. Suddenly overnight, got several luxury homes and cars. And she was like the uh, April Parks out there in Nevada. She would have her victims cremated, and then she was storing their ashes on lighted shelves and decorative vases in her office. Every serial killer keeps their trophies. We outed her. I got a Nardella law firm down there uh, sent me two emails threatening to sue me if I didn't take down the articles we had up about her. I said, well, go ahead. And they didn't, but, you know. Uh, why, why are they going so, to sue you for putting up articles? I mean, what's their point? It's not lying. Well, the, 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 so, I mean, no. Well, that's it was basically it. Nothing in the articles was untrue. It wasn't like, you know, we made up stories and told. We knew what she was, and we knew what she was doing. And then here last year, she got nailed for having a couple of her clients murdered. And um, and then they find all of these urns with these ashes in her office. April Parks kept all of her urns with the ashes in a storage locker so only she could see them. 
And um, but these are the these are the trophies. And like any serial killer, and many of them are, I think these are probably the most psychopathic bunch of people. Um, I don't know how you make your living preying on other individuals, but what makes me even angrier is that they have a whole system in place that enables them to do it, and everybody's making money. Yeah. Everybody yes. is making yeah. and money. And I, I think my question is, what is the process of bringing these people down? Since there have been a couple Unless, that have been brought down. Yeah, but it has to get real. It's called yeah, public outrage. Yes, but you're in a state, I mean, Michigan, my God, what a cesspool. It is. It is. Our senators and representatives, uh, there, there has to be term limits on them. They lip service and do absolutely nothing. They allow these crimes against humanity, fraud, extortion to continue decade upon decade. There's nobody, no you know, the attorney general, all of them, no the financial crimes. Right, the attorney general. Dana. Well, it's just like we have, we have suggested. Oh, Dana Nessel? That's a joke. Over, that's right. They ain't in the bed. <laughs> the well, that's so that's you know where my daughter was taken as one of the retaliatory. Retaliation. Can I can I actually add something from 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 what we see in Australia commonly in regards to charging these predators? Why they've been able to get away with what they're doing? Because all the players that are supposed to investigate, review, charge these predators are part of the problem. They're part of the Thank system. You. So, And the other part of the problem is the public are not aware that they are at risk because um, in Australia what we have is um, once someone is placed under guardianship, there's a gag order placed over them and their family and the media speaking out about the guardianship. So the public are only now getting a taste with Britney Spears, what's going on. We have this problem when we talk to reporters and they look at us with this look like we're crazy, that we, um, we're lying or that, uh, you know, we're extremists or, you know, this is not happening, it's not true. So part of the problem is convincing the public and telling them you're all at risk. Once the public realise their powers of attorney, their legal documents, their trusts, nothing will save them. It's an illusion of safety, I call it. Okay, once they realise they're at risk, watch the uproar and then watch yeah. the stories come out decades and decades that this abusive, legal abuse has been going on worldwide. Yes. It's a syndicate. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Crimes against humanity right. with, with no end in sight, only about the money, and nobody uh, will yes. step in. That's that right, nobody will step in. They're, they're because all attorneys right. making the laws, writing the laws to protect themselves. We need, yes. I, I don't know, a Me Too movement like the Floyd George because nothing will stop them. And in Michigan, yeah. it's such a cesspool, it's unbelievable. Okay, which one of you is getting arrested? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All well, right, listen, we've, can, can we've only got about ten case? minutes left here. I, I yeah. want to have Marcel talk about this about the summit, 
and uh, what the schedule will be, what all events are going to be taking place. Uh, can you do that, Marcel? Yes, I, I can do it real quickly in 30, well, maybe a minute. No, it's, it's, um, it is a film festival and a summit together. The film festival runs from the 23rd of July till August 1st. The summit is not that long, but the film festival is. There will be uh, five days of panels the 26th through the 30th. On the 30th, we'll have our uh, our keynote speaker, and uh, we will have our pillar awards. On the opening plenary, you'll, uh, uh, we'll start the tenor of the summit. And the first, um, what we're going to explore is going to be the Ombudsman's Office. So most people don't know this, but the Congress has set up a whistleblower Ombudsman Office, and they're going to tell you about what benefits a whistleblower has now enshrined in Congress. It sounds good. Um, You might want to listen to it because she tells you the things that um, the protections you're supposed to have as a whistleblower. Um, We'll have um, panels on everything from student debt because we've talked about a lot of things, but very few people know how much money is being stolen from students with student debt loans or how heavy those loans are, how you can graduate from college in 2000 and still be paying off your student debt in 2030. People just don't know that. Um, and then we'll go through um, everything from law enforcement uh, laws to guardianship. Um, we're trying to show how whistleblowing affects everyone, everywhere, all of the time. And the reason that we've not been more effective with it is because we've not been more organized. So I hope that you'll watch some of the films. Um, there are 30 films this year. There are 16 panels. So I um, hope that you will decide a day or two that you'd like to watch. We'd like you to watch 10 days. It's absolutely unrealistic that anyone's going to watch 10 days. But go take a look at the schedule. Decide the the programs. Of course, Marty's program, uh, Marty's panel, because Marty is absolutely our go-to for any guardianship issue. But there are also other panels that you might be interested in. And I have a very simple um, motto I tell everybody. The best way to push your issue is to push the issue of four other groups. They don't have to be related to you, but you push them Mm -hmm. because when it's time for you to need strength, you're going to have to reach outside of your circle. And you want to have made a relationship with someone in some other circle. So I tell people all the time, work on your issue, but occasionally look over at someone else's issue because all whistleblowers, including me, we become very tunnel visioned. We see only our pain, and it makes us very callous when it comes to other people's pain. So it's easier and it's more effective if you work on your issue 
but keep in mind and start a relationship with someone else who has an issue. So for guardianship people, I would tell them, you know, if you're doing guardianship, then look at people who just do judicial reform and not guardianship. When it's time for you to go to the courts, it'll be you and it will be the judicial reform people. And judicial reform people need to look at someone who's just dealing with children. It's very effective. Yeah. It's like a ripple effect. Well, that was the one yeah. thing, Marcel, that, that hit me that the first year out there at the summit, the opportunity to network with people, yes. they not dealing with your issue, but with any issue, mm-hmm. find out what they did that worked, what didn't work, what they were planning on doing, what they were going to try, you know, and listening to all these ideas. People gave you, you know, connect this person, connect with that person, uh, see what they can give you. And it is a wonderful place to network, and I, it's, it's just mind-blowing. It really is. Um, There's a common thread. There's a common yes, thread yes, throughout all yes, the programs. Yes, it, just like yep. it's global, um, the issue of guardianship, you'll find that the common thread through all of these different campaigns, whether it's veterans or whether it's scientists, or, is that there is this deep well of corruption. And it just goes yes. through every single um, profession or group in the world, and you, and you start to think, my goodness, the, the link is the corruption. And, and as mm-hmm. you said, the link is the money. If there is a way yeah. that they can make money, no matter what it is you say they won't do, they will do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will do it. And that's the best way. So the website is com. Take a look at it. If you have any questions or concerns, you can reach me on my line, 202 Three seven zero six six three five. Leave a message. We will call you back. Um, and I would tell you that if you're about to blow the whistle, like you're in Michigan and you're about to go forward in Michigan, the worst thing you can do is to go forward without having a plan. It is the worst thing. I see whistleblowers go down all the time because they think the right is sufficient. Lisa can tell you being right is not sufficient. You must have a plan. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I don't know. It's just we're going to be on Zoom, like I said, this year. It'll be live. um, So you're going to get to see me in all my glory. And I know you're going to be stunned, but I'm an old lady. Anyway, um, <laughs> no slumber party. Me, my my age is <laughs> Will they be tape recorded for people to watch later? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. After it, it, okay. it shows initially, it can absolutely. We're we're logical. We we don't know what's going to watch for ten days straight, um, but we know that the. The material will be available for you. We're trying to give people a platform. Um, this is the one place where you're coming. We're not asking how much you receive in your reward. We're asking every whistleblower that, that uh, appears is a whistleblower that's trying to do something, that's moved beyond their own personal pain to try to help other people. We are spotlighting advocacy and healing and resilience. 
We're trying to help you get to the other side of this. And some whistleblowers do. Uh, We want more whistleblowers to get to the other side of this because a lot of times you get caught in this pain and you can't move past it. And people think they're alone as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an integral part of this in defeating someone is I know when I was first in this issue, uh, the number of times I had like senators, representatives, governors, DOJ, well, I never heard of such a thing. This must be an isolated incident. And then (laughs) as people came to me when I opened up these radio shows, they told me that I was the only one. They never heard of such a thing. I must be lying. Mm. And But they attempt to isolate you. And many right. times in whistleblowing, they're very effective at doing that, isolating how you. Long ago? And, um, how, how long ago? Yeah. How long was yeah. that, Marty? When did oh, you God. first what? tell them? Uh, 12 years ago, <laughs> 14 okay. years See, ago. Because of social media, they're getting caught. This is the problem. Yeah. This has been going on since the inception of law, period. Yes. Yes. They all know Absolutely. what they're doing. There's no way out. We are all being uh, just victims with a bounty over our heads, and you're having crimes committed against you, and you're defending yourself for your life, liberties, and property. And people don't understand that. They think, oh, it must be the attorney. No, it's not a matter of an experienced attorney because the system is a fraud. All appeals are dismissed. And no laws are followed. That's the bottom line. It's real simple. And you don't understand it because you don't believe that this could possibly happen. And they traumatize you Mm -hmm. deliberately and silently for life. This is no different than uh, the Nazi criminals and what they did. This is just, uh, they don't kill you openly in public, but they take everything that makes life worth living from you illegally in this perverse cesspool. Yep. And that's how they are okay, in the dark. Yep. We're down to the Global last crisis. couple minutes. Yeah, we're down to the last couple minutes here. I want to thank all of you women for joining in here tonight. Um, Holly, thank you for calling in from Michigan. And Cuz, of course, is <laughs> my sidekick. Lisa, Christine, and most of all, Marcel, who graced us with her appearance this evening. We don't get her very often, but when we do, we're we're overjoyed. And <laughs> but I want to invite everyone. Please, please, when the the we get everything set up and we go live on Zoom, please watch the presentation. Um, I promise you this year it's going to be an eye opener. Marcel, thank you so much for coming on this evening. And uh, we're if we can do this, you guys. I just I have to believe that we can do this. We can change this. We can change this. But it's going to take all of us and working together. And you got to weed yeah. out the glory hogs. I mean, you do yeah. have to avoid the glory hogs because they'll take you down the drain. But they're you know the people that are sincere in this. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, just you know keep pushing. Ladies, yeah. stay safe and healthy, and let's network together, and let's yes. make a dent in this uh, cement that they've put us in. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, and everybody. We're we going to do it. I believe that, too. I do. 
Yeah. I, I want to thank all of you for joining in, and thank you for everybody who tuned in. We we were jam-packed this evening. Uh, this has just been, the time went too fast. Conversation was excellent. Again, Marcel, thank you for taking time to come on with us. I know you're busy. I want to remind everyone that these shows are coordinated with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, and this is why we do them, is to help promote the summit and to promote our causes. Um, thanks, everybody, again, for tuning in. For those who waited online, thank you so much. And we will thank be back you. tomorrow night with Kaz and I. So everybody have a good evening and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.